If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Galatians chapter 5. If you have a phone or a tablet that has the Uversion Bible app on it, uh, you can find the notes there as well if you hit the little more button and hit events. All our notes and the verses are there. Well, we've been doing a series called Big Church, and we've been talking about the church all over the world and the impact it makes, and we've been looking in the book of Acts at how the church became what it is today. Well, today's going to be the last message in this series. Uh, we're going to wrap this up today. And today's going to be a little different, but I want to talk about the impact the church is making in the world today. And I know there's a lot of people in, in our society today that say the church is no longer relevant, the church doesn't matter anymore, what you believe as a Christian doesn't matter anymore, but we're going to see that it really does matter. The church is really important in the world today. And the church has the answers that people are looking for. How many of you know that? Jesus is the answer to what we all need, right? All of us that have given our lives to Christ, we've realized that at some point in our lives, we need something more than we have. And Jesus is that answer. So um, I was reading some stuff by uh, a pastor named Andy Stanley. We've watched a lot of his videos at church. That's where I got some of this information from this. But in a book by Philip Yancey, he has an interview uh, by a man named David Aikman. David Aikman was a writer for Time Magazine, and he was the, the chief in Beijing, China. David Aikman was interviewing a man. They didn't put his name in here because he didn't want his name out. Uh, but this man was a social scientist. He studies culture. And so this man was in China, and he studies cultures for the Chinese government. And they were trying to figure out what makes America so prosperous. Why is America such a great power in the world? And so this guy said, we studied, and this is a quote. He says, one of the things we were asked to look into was what accounted for the success, in fact, the preeminence of the West all over the world. We studied everything we could from the historical, political, economic, and cultural perspective. I'm trying to let Kathleen catch up here. That's a mouthful. She's doing a great job. At first, we thought it was because you had more powerful guns than we had. So they said, we're looking at why America is so great, why America is so prosperous. And so we thought maybe because you have a better military. And then he says, and then we thought it was because you had the best political system. Well, that's not true, right? That's not what makes us great. We do have a great political system, but that's not what makes us great. Next, we focus on your economic system. So maybe it's capitalism that's made America so prosperous in the world. And then he says this, and this is amazing, guys. This is coming from a social scientist in China who grew up in Maoism, which is the, the cultural religion of China. And he says, but in the past 20 years, we've realized that the heart of your culture is your religion. Christianity, that is why the West has been so powerful. This is a Chinese social scientist saying, we understand the reason America is so blessed is because of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? I was blown away when I read this. Then he says this, the Christian moral foundation and the social and cultural life was what made possible the emergence of capitalism and then the successful transition to democratic politics. We don't have any doubt about this. We don't have any doubt that the reason America is so blessed is because of Jesus. 
because Christianity is in our mainstream. Now listen to this. He goes on to say, studies by Chinese sociologists reveal that in rural areas where traveling evangelists, we call them missionaries, introduce Christian faith, opium addiction goes down, crime drops, and Christian families grow wealthier than their neighbors. Isn't this amazing? So where people turn to Christ, good things happen. We've been saying this for 2,000 years, right? This is what Jesus has taught on earth. And then they go on to say in 2009, the human rights organization Freedom Watch certified 89 countries that are free. 81 of them were predominantly or historically Christian countries. Guys, the church makes a difference. That's what we're going to look at today. The church still makes a difference in our world today. The church is still making a difference. So we're going to go ahead and skip ahead to the first point, Josiah and Christian. So how do we understand the impact the church has in the world? How do we know that the church is still making a difference, and how do we share that with people around us? Well, the first thing we have to understand is that our natural state is fallen. What do I mean by that? Left to ourselves, humans are bad people, right? How many of you have ever tried to take candy away from a two-year-old? Is it a good social dialogue? No, it's a tantrum, right? It's because our sinful nature, the nature that we have inside of us when we're born, is selfish, right? You don't have to teach kids to be selfish. You have to teach them to share. Myself, if I have two cookies and somebody asks for one, you know what my thought is? Oh, those are mine. I want both of them, one for each hand, right? That's just my selfish nature coming out. So we have to understand that Christianity has shaped the culture of our nation. Christianity has shaped the culture of our nation. And guys, we don't see it because we grew up in it. Some of you that have come here from other countries understand that, that the culture in America is different. The culture in America has been shaped by the church. Christianity shaped the culture here. We were, Al and I and another guy, well, a couple of people, were in India one time on a missions trip. And we were talking with a couple, a young couple, and they were trying to come to America. They wanted to immigrate here and become citizens because they wanted to learn and teach and things. And we asked them, they came and visited America once, and I think they went to Manhattan when they came. Uh, but they visited a big city in America. And so we said, well, and see, the city we were in had five million people in India. I mean, they were all stacked on top of each other. It was incredible. And they said, well, what is Nebraska like? And we said, well, we don't have this many people. <laughs> I said, you know, our, our state, our territory has less people than your city. And they just couldn't understand the concept of open space because they're just all together. And I said, well, what did you think when you visited America? And they said, you know, the people were really friendly. They were really kind. And I said, they were kind in a big city? And they said, yeah. And I said, well, why do you think that is? And they said, we believe it's your religion. We believe it's because Christianity is there. So people see it, and we don't. And what we see as natural and good is really not natural at all. See, we've, many of us have grown up in a Christian society. We have grown up in a place where Christianity is taught. Our law system was developed based on the Ten Commandments, based on Scripture. So, but you know, when we look at nature, nature's not that way, right? Do you ever watch National Geographic Channel? You ever seen a lion take down a gazelle? Does the lion step back and say, hey, guys, come on, let's share. You know, I, I, I've had enough gazelle today. You can come have some. No, it's all me, right? So we understand that our sinful nature is evil. 
In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, God was looking at the earth at the time of Noah, and he says this, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. He's saying that left to our own, we are not good people. That's why we need Christ, right? We know that things that we do in our sinful nature is wrong, but we still do it anyway because of our nature. So, so here's the question. You may say, no, I'm a great person. What would you do if you knew you wouldn't get caught? What would we do as humans if we knew we weren't going to get caught? That's the question. That's what shows us what's in our nature, right? That's why we need Christ. So if you have your Bibles, Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. I want to read a little passage here where Paul, Paul was talking to the church in Galatia. And he was talking about this very thing, about how do we live? So he says here in verse 16, I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Right? If we allow Jesus to guide us, if we follow him, we won't do what our nature craves. But then if you look down starting in verse 19, he gives us a little list here. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, and wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So this is what comes when we allow our nature to come out, if we don't follow the Spirit. But then he says in verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. So guys, we understand that on our own, we're not good people. On our own, human nature is not going to do these things. But when God works in our lives and we allow him to work in us, this kind of stuff comes out, right? And it's better. So we understand that God's way is better than our way. We understand that God's way is better. When we live according to God's way, we don't have to have all these laws, right? So the lifestyle advocated in Scripture is simply a better way to live. When we live according to God's standards, life goes better. Have any of you seen this in your own life? I know when I was a teenager, I was a bonehead. I mean, that's putting it nicely, right? I lived for myself and what I wanted, and I wasn't a great person. I acted good, but I knew deep down I wasn't. And then once I became a Christian, once I gave my life to Christ, life started going better. It still wasn't easy. It still wasn't perfect, but it went a whole lot better. And we've all seen this. We all know people who give their lives to Christ and their life starts coming better. And then sometimes what do they do? They'll get disappointed or they'll get frustrated and they'll fall back in their own way of life. And what happens? The wheels fall off. They start, and they say, I just can't understand why my life's not going well. It's because of that, right? So, and then the Christian worldview, guys, gives power or gives value to everyone. This is why the church is so needed, guys. The message of Jesus is that every single person has what? Value. 
Every single person matters to the Lord. And so in this present world right now, we have all kinds of racial unrest, right? And what does it come down to? Whose lives matter? And the Christians say every life matters. Because to Jesus, every single person matters. It doesn't matter what country you're from, what language you speak, what color your skin is. Every single person matters. John 3, 16, one of the first verses we all learn. For God so loved the world, right? Everyone. Paul says the Lord doesn't want anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. He wants everyone to have life, so every single life matters. So that's the message of the gospel, guys, and that's why the church is so needed today. The world needs you because you guys are the church. The church is a movement. It's not a building. We saw when the government shut everything down for the whole COVID thing and churches couldn't meet in buildings anymore. People thought, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, this is trouble for the church. They're going to be gone. And what did we realize? This isn't the church. This is a building. The building needs a lot of maintenance, right? But what is the church? The church is the people. The people who know Jesus and who love Jesus. That's what the church is, and that's why the church is so needed, guys. Your neighbors need to hear that Jesus loves them. Your coworkers need to hear that Jesus loves them. The people who work across the cubicle from you or the people on your team, they need to hear that Jesus loves them. And so, as I showed you in that graphic or that list at the beginning, Most of the countries in the world where people live free, they don't live under oppression, they are what? Places where the church is growing. Places where the church is, and the church gives the message of freedom and love and hope. And all over the world, guys, Christians are making a difference where they live. All over the world, Christians are doing things. Do you know today, right now, in Europe, there are people who are rescuing kids from sex trafficking today? In Europe, there are missionaries, and their whole job is to go over. There are people in Los Angeles, California, every single night rescuing women out of prostitution that are forced into that. Every single day, missionaries in Haiti are feeding tens of thousands of kids who wouldn't get a meal otherwise. Every single day in Africa, people are, Christians are drilling well so people have water to drink. Why? Because Jesus says every single person matters. That's why the church matters, guys. That's why this thing that we do matters. That's why we tell people. That's why we send missionaries all over the world. There are countries around the world and cultures where when people have a baby girl, you know what they do with her? They throw her out because they want a boy to carry on their family name. There are Christians in every one of these countries that go on, pick these babies up and put them in orphanages where they can have a life. That's what the church does. So the church continues to have an impact, guys. The church still matters. The church still has the answers that we need. So what are some things the church teaches that are still valuable today? Let's look at some things the church teaches. Every single person you see is made in the image of God and has value. Jesus tells us the powerful should serve the powerless. What did Jesus say? If you want to be the greatest, you have to be the what? the least. If you want to be first, you have to be last. If you want to be the leader, you have to be the servant. We teach this. We teach this to athletes. We teach this to other people. If you want to be a leader, you first have to be a follower. (laughs) If you want to be the best, you need to serve. 
If you want people to look at you for leadership, you need to teach. This is what Jesus taught. Forgiveness. Jesus teaches to forgive because God has forgiven us. Is this natural? No. What do we want to do? We want revenge. If Gresham backs into my car, I want to back into hers, right? But that's not right. That's not what you do. You forgive. Gresham's wearing a really bright shirt. It just caught my eye as I was looking. Bright yellow. Jesus tells us to give to those who can't pay us back. He tells husbands to love their wives sacrificially. He tells us to reserve sex for marriage. Why? Because it's better. He tells us that tolerance is not what we need. What we need is love. And guys, this is the message the world needs to hear. The world needs the church. So what happens if the church is taken out of the equation? Guys, what would happen to Lexington if every single church was shut down and there were no more Christians? What would happen? It would be rough, right? You look at the former Soviet Union. They said, we don't need God. They tried to build a culture without God, and what happened? It imploded. What happened to the Roman Empire? The Roman Empire was the greatest empire in the world. What destroyed it? Themselves. They imploded because they tried to build their world on them. So we see that the church matters. Guys, the church matters. We have the answers the world needs. Every one of us that has a relationship with Jesus today have that relationship because someone told us about Christ. Someone told us you need something besides yourself. Every single one of us. We carry that message. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. So there's a story. A pastor named Adrian Rogers, he passed away in 2005. He was a pastor in Memphis, Tennessee. And Pastor Adrian had this habit. Whenever he would get on an airplane, he would take his big old Bible and plop it on the, the tray in front of him. And then during the flight, he would start reading his Bible. And there was a man sitting next to him that was flipping through a magazine. And he kept looking at him and he, out of the corner of his eye. And finally, he said, sir, can I ask you a question? Why are you reading that book? <laughs> and Adrian said this, I read this book because there are solutions in this book for the three plagues that hurt mankind. He said, I found that this book has the solution to sin, the solution to sorrow, and the solution to death. And these are the three things that every one of our problems come out of. And the guy said, all right, thanks. <laughs> he went back to reading his magazine. A little while later into the flight, the guy turned around and said, okay, look, I've been thinking since you told me that, and I can't think of a single problem that doesn't stem from one of those three things. He said, tell me more about what's in that book. And guys, this is what the world needs. The world needs what we have. It needs what we have here, and it needs what we have here, because we have Christ with us. We need to share that. They need to know that they can have hope beyond this world. They need to know that their guilt and their shame and their sins can be forgiven. We have that. That's why the church exists. So I'm going to ask you to stand this morning, if you would, and as the worship team comes up. We're going to pray this morning. So Lord, I thank you so much for the love that you have for each and every one of us. Lord, the ones that are sitting in this room today, the ones who are watching at home, in their dining rooms, on their couches, 
on tablets, on TVs. Lord, you love every single one of us with an earshot. And it's not because we're good enough or we have enough value on our own. It's simply because you love us. And so, Father, this morning, I just ask that you would speak to every one of our hearts. As we close our eyes, we kind of shut ourselves in. Father, would you speak to us? With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you, if you're here today, you're watching online or you're here in the room, you say, you know, Pastor, I don't have that answer that you've been talking about. I've never asked Jesus to forgive my sins. I, I know I've messed up. I know I've done things that I shouldn't have. And I want that hope that you talked about. I want that peace that you talked about. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We just want to pray with you right where you're at. We're going to, we're going to say a prayer. I'm asking all of you here, all of you at home to repeat this with me. And this is not magic. This is just simply you talking to the Lord. And if you mean this, if you say this prayer and you mean this, the Bible says that you're made a brand new creature, brand new inside. It said every mistake you've made is gone and you're brand new. So everybody say, pray this with me. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying in my place. And I admit that I've made mistakes. I've sinned, and I'm sorry for that. Please forgive me. Come into my life and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you say that prayer, come talk to me. Send us a message on Facebook. Talk to Pastor Kenny, one of these others. We'd love to talk with you about what you did today.